Good morning, everyone. My name is Daniel Stevanis Stallion. I'm our student ministry director, and these are our high schoolers. And so <clears throat> we had our, our middle schoolers uh, were here in our previous service, and our high schoolers are here now. We had, I, I want to say we had a good weekend. Um, it, I want to say it was a great weekend, but honestly, it was, it was the best weekend ever. Um, and we had an incredible time here on campus with our student ministry this past weekend. Um, it was about 200 students on Friday night for our session and for our time hanging out, uh, learning from God's word together, worshiping together, uh, eating a lot of food. It, it, was, it was awesome. And then we spent all day Saturday uh, as well doing some activities and doing different things. And so uh, it is such a privilege to have you guys here in the service. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for everyone else who decided to come as well. Um, I, I like to say it's the end of the weekend for them, but it's the beginning of a new series for us. And so uh, if you're here in church today, you're in the right spot. Uh, if you're watching with us online, thank you for joining us. We're excited that you're here. Um, and, and if you're responsible for bringing winter back, whoever you are, thank you. Thank you, I guess. Uh, it, was, it was cool this morning. Um, very cool. Um, and so we, we, we are starting a new series. Um, this series is called Wisdom in the Wilderness. And I know this. I'm just going to gonna talk about the elephant in the room. I know that you look at me and you think, like, what has this guy got to tell us about the outdoors? What, he's not a wilderness kind of guy. Like, what is going on? And I will say this. I, my, my first backpacking trip was, was in college. Okay, it was a long time ago. The first time I ever went on one. I was a senior in college, and my buddies were really trying to encourage me to go backpacking with them. And they would go every year. They wanted me to go with them. And, you know, I found an excuse every time, for one reason or another. I just kept thinking, like, why on earth would we leave our nice, comfortable, warm beds to go out and, and brave the elements and the unknown and sleep under the stars? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and so they, senior year, finally convinced me they crafted the trip in a way that it was going to be uh, less hiking. It was going to be simpler. We were closer to the cars. Uh, we made really good meals. And so I obliged. And we went. And it was a great time. And it was a great trip. And I've been on multiple trips since then, but probably one of the most memorable ones. And I think this is the trip that gives me the credentials to be able to talk about the wilderness for us today was a trip that I took um, in 2015. I had just come on staff here and our director of student ministry at the time suggested that for our youth staff retreat, that we should go up into the mountains for our retreat. Um, now, again, th this wasn't necessarily like a problem. Um, <clears throat> however, the previous years, our youth staff retreat had taken place at like someone's beach house, um, at an Airbnb, um, at a, a, a cabin in the woods. And so when he suggested that we would go out without Wi-Fi, uh, without um, running water, you know, all the, the, the essentials of life, I just kind of thought, well, why are we doing this? And in fact, the whole team was not super excited to go on this trip um, but he was the leader, he was the boss, and, uh, and he convinced us, and so we decided to go. And so our administrative assistant at the time had uh, a large enough car to fit all of us inside of one vehicle, so we all, you know, climbed in there and, and got going to the mountains of North Carolina. On our way there, it was maybe about an hour, hour and a half in, he was driving the car, and he leaned over and whispered to our admin, um, and I think he thought he was whispering, but really he wasn't. Uh, he looked over and said, um, I think I forgot the tents. Now, I was not an expert at this time, but I do know that step number one is figure out shelter, okay? Uh, you need to have some sort of, of way to protect yourself. Um, and so he, he guaranteed to us that it was okay, that people do this all the time. And we pulled off to a Walmart where he bought tarps. And he explained to us that in the backpacking community, there is a way to go camping with tarps. And you put one tarp down, and that's what keeps you dry and insulated from the ground. And you pitch a second tarp slanted, and that allows all the water that would potentially come through rain to, to land and, and roll off. And if you're thinking what they thought in the last service, why don't we just buy tents at Walmart? 
I don't know. <laughs> he convinced us that we needed to buy tarps. And so we did. We bought tarps and <clears throat> we were off to the mountains. Now, I, I remember we got there. We had a little team time. We did some prayer, some vision casting for the, the days that we were going to spend up there. Um, and then we got to the next most essential part, backpacking, of course, dinner. Um, and we, we made our little, our little dehydrated meals and uh, we got ready to go to bed. We had the fire going and, and I was all about the sleep. Uh, at this point, I was like, I don't want to remember any of this. Um, and so I got on, I keep want to say the tent. I got on the tarp, um, I got in my sleeping bag, took my glasses off and, and fell asleep. And about an hour, hour and a half into my REM cycle, uh, I, I was woken up by our director who wanted us to know that there was a bear in the campsite. Now, the, the way that he said this, the way that he presented this story was, was more of like an excitement that you would have like if you were at the zoo. You know, we're like, oh, look at the bears, look at the bears, there's a bear over there. Like, you would be excited. And that was kind of how he was talking to us. And so as I'm like, you know, trying to listen and trying to hear and trying to open my eyes, I'm trying to process in my head. And I'm just thinking, I don't really want to see a bear. Like, let me go back to sleep. And then I heard a guy who was sleeping on the other side of me in a hammock just say, the bear is over there. And the fear in his voice and the way that he said it, it just clicked for me that this wasn't like a fun, exciting, like adventure situation. This was like real. And, and, and I started to panic. I started to get worried. And I just remember standing up and in one swoop motion, I dropped my sleeping bag and crawled out of it and started moving. I don't know where I was going, but I was going. And so we gathered together. We made enough noise to, to scare the bear away. And uh, we, we went over to where the girls campsite was and we brought them over. We got the fire roaring and started to tell stories. Uh, and basically stayed up the whole rest of the night for fear of our lives. Now, the next morning as we, we conversed and talked about it, um, he was all excited. And he said, man, are you guys ready for our time here? And we were like, what do you mean our time here? We're going home. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to say today that, that we prevailed and we were able to go back. Uh, we made it alive. Uh, but there was actually a photo of the, the first day uh, of us going into the wilderness. Um, that's me. As you can tell, I was super excited. I was super jazzed for our time there. <laughs> was not excited at all. Um, I, did, I, I did get an REI membership, though, and so that was, uh, that was I'm, I'm ready. Um, all joking aside, I, I do love the outdoors. So much of, of Scripture takes place in the outdoors and, and in wilderness, and I've been in many trips since then. And as we talk about our wilderness in this series, as we launch things, we're talking about having wisdom in the wilderness, and so it's important that we define in Scripture, when we talk about wilderness, what do we mean? Like when we read through the pages of scripture, we read through the Bible and it talks about a wilderness experience or it talks about a wilderness location. What, what is intended by that? And so the first part of this is an actual literal location and place. And when you read through scripture, you'll, you'll read oftentimes about the, the people of Israel walking through the wilderness and, and it's an actual desert that they found themselves in. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Uh, you read about people who find themselves in an area of land that's like barren. It's, it's like a wasteland. It's a desert. There's nothing growing there. And, and God speaks even to the prophets about he's going to bring rivers to that or, or have something grow through that. These are literal places in scripture that refer to wilderness, a, a place where nothing grows, where nothing is, is alive, where everything seems to be dead. Now, from a spiritual sense, it makes this comparison and this illustration where it says this is also a time or a season in the life of the believer where you will experience discomfort or trials or maybe a lack of encouragement. Uh, this is a season where everything is stripped away. And, and the thing is that everything is stripped away. All of the comforts are stripped away for one purpose, and that is to be able to rely on God. 
very, very much so my story. It's like going in the wilderness, being stripped away of all the comforts, including a tent. Okay, for the purpose of having to rely on something else. And in scripture, when someone goes through a difficult time and they go through a season of difficulty, it often is because something is happening, something is, is going to happen that strips them and focuses and helps them to rely solely on the Lord. That's why oftentimes when someone goes through a tough time or people will say, I felt the closest to God during a difficult season. It's because in those moments, we don't have the comforts, we don't have the luxuries, we don't have all the, the, the encouragement that we normally have and, and we're left with nothing but to look to our maker and say, God, help me in this time, help me in this season. And so for the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about how to find wisdom in the wilderness. And so I'm excited to kick things off. And I wanna answer this question now that we've defined what wilderness looks like for us a little bit. The first question is, how do we get into the wilderness? Like this wilderness, we're talking about it from a spiritual standpoint. How do we find ourselves in these moments of wilderness? How do we, how do we end up in the wilderness? And I wanna talk through three different ways Super simple. I'm gonna give you a, a statement, a sentence that kind of explains it. I'm gonna give you a one word if that's easier to remember, and then we're gonna look at a little case study. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. High school, we're still awake? Yeah. I asked the middle school in the last service, I said, listen, don't fall asleep. You're on the front row. And he said, I don't know, Stal. I, I, I only slept six hours last night. It's gonna be tough. So you can do this. The first one is we end up sometimes in the wilderness by our own doing. Sometimes we end up in the wilderness because of our own doing. The word there is disobedience. The, the most common example that we look at through Scripture is the, is the, the, the example of the Israelites. You see, when we, when we end up and we make a decision or a wrong decision and we end up in a difficult place, that's when we put ourselves in the wilderness because of our own choices, our own doing. You see, the people of Israel have been rescued by God, by Moses, from Egypt. And when they come out of Egypt... God says, I'm going to bring you to the land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you to the promised land because it was the land that he had promised to them. And so when he takes them out, he's preparing them to, to go to the promised land. He has promised it to them. He's told them, you're going to get it. You're going to receive it. I'm going to pave the way for you to make it there. Everything's going to go well for you to achieve this. You guys know the story. They get ready to go there and they send out the 12 spies to scout out the land. And the 12 spies go and they look around and they're like, ugh. It's gonna be a little more complicated than we thought. They come back with their report and 10 of the 12 spies say, no, we cannot do this. There's no way, no how. We're not gonna make it. We look like, like, like grasshoppers to them. They're giants over there. They're enormous. There's no way we're gonna be able to fight them. And only two people come back with a response that says, no, we can do this because God said so. We can accomplish this. Because God said so, we can take them. And because of their, gum, their, their, their complaining, their grumbling, their disbelief, in Numbers 22, God says this to Moses. He says, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, they still have put me to the test. They have not obeyed my voice. None of these men shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. None of those who despise me shall see it. So because of their unbelief, because of their, their non-believing, their disobedience to God who said, go and take the land, because they don't believe that they can actually do it, God says, well, you're gonna be stuck in the wilderness. You know, scholars think that it should have taken 11 to 14 days. There's some debate there. 11 to 14 days to get from Egypt to where the promised land was. And how long did it take instead? 40 years. 40 years of wandering. 40 years of walking around. 40 years of road tripping in the wilderness. Never making it to the promised land because God said, until this generation 
dies off, you're not gonna get into the promised land. Sometimes we make decisions. Sometimes we make choices. We, we sin. We try to cover things up. We try to put ourselves in situations where we cut corners and we think, man, if I can do this, if I can just get away with it, if I, if I just kind of tweak what God's word is saying about this, everything will be okay. And we end up putting ourselves in difficult situations, in wilderness experiences. You know, our, our speaker spoke this, this past week, and, and he said, man, when we do those kind of things, when we, when we make a, a, a bad choice, and we're not willing to confess it, we're not willing to, to act on it, we're not willing to, to face the consequences, we actually provide more hurt for ourselves and more difficulty for ourselves. We, 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 we struggle even more, and we go deeper and deeper into that wilderness. So sometimes we end up there because of choices that we ourselves have made, decisions that we've made, poor decisions, mistakes, but we end up in that wilderness because of our own doing. The second type of wilderness is the one that we get to by no fault of our own. We get to a wilderness by no fault of our own. This is just kind of the circumstances of life. If we could pause for a second and agree, we could say life sometimes is hard. Life sometimes is difficult. There's enough things happening in this world, happening in this life that make situations hard, that make life difficult. And sometimes it's not something that we have done. It's not something that we've chosen. It's just, it's life. We think of people around us who get sick. Maybe it's ourselves or maybe it's a diagnosis we've received. We think of uh, uh, loss of a loved one. Maybe not even something so extreme. Maybe it's just having to move and, and change our environment and change our financial situation or change where we live or where we go to school or, or the things around us. Circumstances in life change. And sometimes that puts us in a wilderness experience because it's difficult, because it's hard, because it's uncomfortable. King David experienced this. You guys know he was anointed as king and, and when he was anointed as king, Saul was still king. And it doesn't take a genius to understand if you have a ruler and you establish a new ruler who's gonna succeed him, but he's still in power, he's not gonna like the other guy. And so sure enough, Saul did not like David. He didn't appreciate David. He, 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 at one point, he tried to kill David. And David had to flee for his life and ended up in the wilderness, running and hiding, living in caves, trying to save his life because he believed in what God had told him to do. It wasn't a decision he made. It was the circumstances that were set upon him. And so there's your own doing, there's no fault of our own, and the last is that sometimes we are led to the wilderness by God himself. That's right, sometimes God leads us into the wilderness. Through obedience, we actually can end up in a wilderness place. And that's where our, our, our passage, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Mark, sorry, Matthew chapter four. That's where our, our series is kind of birthed out of. And we're gonna be looking at this passage every week for the next few weeks, breaking it down a couple verses at a time. But in Matthew chapter four, we actually see the example of Jesus who ends up in the wilderness, not because of his own choice, but because he was led there. And so Matthew chapter four, verse one and two, it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse two, and after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> I love scripture. I love when scripture puts stuff like that, just in case you weren't sure, in case you were wondering, you know, he fasted 40 days, fasted 40 nights, how would you feel? How does he feel? Hungry, okay, just in case you, just in case you weren't sure. I mean, he's Jesus, but he's, he still understands what it was like to be a man. But it says in the first part of verse one, it says Jesus was led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit into this wilderness, into this time of testing. That means out of obedience, and, and we know Jesus has done nothing wrong, he's lived a sinless life, so out of obedience, he ends up in the wilderness. 
wait a second, what's up with that? And so we need to understand and we need to start to think to ourselves then, what is the purpose of the wilderness? Uh, we, we can understand and we can kind of fathom, man, if, if I make a mistake and I end up in a typical time, we, we grasp that with our minds. If life is hard and there are circumstances of life that lead us to the wilderness, we kind of get that because we, we see that all the time. But God leading us in the wilderness, God leading us into difficulty, God leading us into struggle, God leading us into the mountains without a tent, like, like how does that make sense? Well, the truth is this, and this is what we're focusing on today. There's something that happens when we're in the wilderness that is actually a great teacher. You see, I love this in, in culture and society when, when there's something that's in scripture and then like society does some studies and does some research and, and they catch up with what scripture's already been saying. And, and there's this, this concept in the teaching world um, that, that's called liminal learning, a liminal phase learning. And it's this idea that the things that we learn in the struggle, in these liminal moments, in these difficult moments, are lessons that we actually will, will remember better than if we were just taught the lesson. So I don't know what kind of learner you are, if you just like to, to, to learn things or, or hear things told to you, or if you actually have to struggle through them and figure them out. I personally am the one, I wanna read the manual. I want all the instructions. I wanna hear from your mistakes, and I'm not, I don't wanna go to repeat them, because I don't wanna make the same mistakes. But a lot of us have to struggle through something. We have to go through it time and time and time again until we finally learn and grasp that lesson. This idea of, of liminal phase learning essentially is this. If I, if I were to teach someone how to change the tire in their car, I, mean, I can give them illustrations, I can give them explanations, I can uh, show them what to do. But if they're on the side of the road and it's raining and they're tired, and they wanna get home and they go out there and they struggle and they figure out how to change the tire, they're never gonna forget that lesson because they learned it through the struggle. Another way of saying it is this. Oftentimes in life, we, we, we're living, we say we're just living our lives. We're going through the motions. We're going through normal. And sometimes chaos is introduced by God even. Sometimes chaos is introduced or, or disruption to our normal is introduced. And that makes us learn and have to figure out how do we live with this disruption. And when we learn that lesson, when we develop that lesson, we develop a new level of normal, a new normal that helps us go deeper and deeper into his word, deeper and deeper into our maturity and following him. One last example for you guys I'll give you, if, if you're more of a science person, we all know the story of the caterpillar, the caterpillar that then turns into a beautiful butterfly. In order to turn into a butterfly, I said this one time, I said they have to go through a cocoon, not a cocoon, it's a chrysalis, okay? I didn't know that, but I researched it, I found it out. But the example is this, I remember watching one time, I think it was, um, the, was the magic school bus, uh, an episode or a TV show or something where there was, there was a caterpillar and, and the idea was as it was trying to, to break through the chrysalis that, that, that someone said, man, if you were to, to cut open the chrysalis just enough to help the butterfly come out, you actually would not be helping the butterfly because it's through the struggle of pushing and, and, and trying to open and prod that develops the strength in its wings so that when it finally does come out, it can fly away. You see, the struggle is part of the process. The wilderness is where we learn. The purpose of the wilderness is to develop, to grow, and to go deeper. You remember our case studies? For the Israelites, they said the whole generation had to die out before the next generation could come in. Is that a lesson that you would learn? For sure. You're, you're not able to go. You're not able to live into the promise that God has given you. Your whole generation cannot see the promised land. Well, what are you gonna do to the kids of that generation? 
You're going to make sure they don't make the same mistake. You're going to tell them all about it. You're going to make sure they live into that. You're going to make sure that they see what has happened. And they're going to remember, remember we were stuck in the desert for 40 years because mom and dad didn't believe God. Like that is a lesson taught in the wilderness. Maybe we don't want to hear that from our kids, but that is a lesson that they would have learned and taken to heart through the wilderness. Or what about David? We all know the famous story. David slays, what's this guy's name? Goliath, this massive giant. Goliath was a giant that was attacking the, the, the Israel army and he was coming and he would, he would taunt them and he would mess with them and, and he would <clears throat> call out against God. And so as David is, is, is going down to visit the men at war, his dad sends him to bring snacks. He brings some cheese and um, some stuff for his brothers and the other military guys. And when he shows up, he hears of this giant coming out and taunting God, taunting the Israelites. And he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Like He's angry. He's ready to fight. And his brothers, this is like typical brother language in this passage. They're like giving him a hard time. Like, of course you show up. You think you can solve all the problems. Like, look at that guy. He's a giant. And David has this unique encounter where he's like, dude, I'm not scared of this giant. He's like, why are you guys scared? He's like getting angry. So Saul hears about this, the king, and invites him back to his tent. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, in verse 32, um, David says, your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Saul calls him to his tent and says to David, he says, you're not able to go in, uh, against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. But, it ha- but he has been a man of war from his youth. Verse 34, David said to Saul this, listen to this. He said, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And and when there came a lion or a bear and took the lamb from the flock, he goes, I went after him. I struck him. I delivered him out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard. I struck him and I killed him. Verse 36, your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised circumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said to him, the Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Saul is still incredulous. He doesn't believe, but David's like, it's not because of my strength. It's not because of my ability. It's not because of how cool I am. He's like, the the fact is this, when I was in the wilderness, lions would come, bears would come. And I wasn't scared. I would fight them. I love the language here. He says, I'd take them and I'd strike them. He's like, and if they came against me, I'd pull them by the beard and, and kill them. Like, like he was fighting wild animals. Like, don't miss this in the text. But what's interesting is in verse 16, the cha- in chapter 16, the chapter before this, is when he was anointed as king. So he had been anointed as king, and his dad sends him out to go work in the pasture with the sheep, and he's still out there. His brothers are at war. He's the next king. He should have been at war, according to the tradition back then. And his family's like, no, you're still too young. Go out and take care of the sheep. Oh, by the way, you can bring some cheese and crackers to your brothers who are at war. And he shows up. And his brothers actually think that, that he's trying to be arrogant and puffed up. And he's like, it's not about that. He's like, it's what it's about is what I've seen in the wilderness is a lesson that I've learned that God will fight our battles. And if this guy is defying God, he's got no place here. And you know the story. Saul tries to give him his armor, puts his armor on. It doesn't fit. It's way too big. He is a teen. And he says, all I need is my slingshot, which he had used in the wilderness, my five smooth stones. And he goes and he conquers and kills Goliath. The lesson he learned in the wilderness was the lesson that he needed for that moment. And in the story of Jesus, we said that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. 
It's interesting, the timing of it, it happens at the beginning of his ministry. Before Jesus does anything, God brings him into the wilderness to prepare him for the ministry that he's, that's about to take place. As I prepared for this message, I, I spoke with Pastor Jeff. He's preaching in the other room, and, and we were talking about this, um, this idea that, that and he had found this, um, one of our one, a researcher who said that the greatest wilderness seasons are oft, often follow our greatest victories. And he said specifically for our students, we just had the, be, the best weekend ever. Well, possibly we may be having the biggest wilderness ever after this. You see, we talk about life kind of like this idea of hills and, and valleys and, and hills and valleys. And we say that like the, the high mountain peak experiences are when we feel close to God or, or everything's going well in life and we feel good. And then oftentimes there's these valleys, these wilderness experiences where, where life's more complicated. There's a struggle. It's more difficult. And you see, Jesus up to this point, he, he had just been baptized and, and God comes down and says, the spirit descend like a dove and the clouds open up. And he says, that is my son with whom I am well pleased. You talk about a victory moment. He's about to start his ministry. And then he kind of goes through his ministry and, 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 and death and then resurrection, which is definitely another victory. And so he finds himself in this wilderness season. And the truth is the same for us. When, when we struggle through what God's got for us, we, we see victory. And over this weekend, maybe you've seen victory Maybe you've received from God. Maybe you feel connected to your friends. Maybe you feel connected to what was spoken, what was taught. But it's also possible that after a season of great victory, we'd find ourselves in a difficult place again, struggling. So what do we do when we find ourselves in those situations? What do we do in the wilderness? What do we do when we don't know what to do? The answer is we seek God for wisdom. We trust that the purpose of the wilderness the purpose of what we're going through, the purpose of what we're struggling with, the purpose of where God has us, the purpose of that is to bring life, is to bring wisdom, is to bring new maturity, new depths of spiritual maturity. It doesn't matter how we got there. It doesn't matter what we've done. If we've made a bad choice, there's forgiveness for that. If we've disobeyed, God wants to bring us back. He, he wants to bring us back into the fold. He wants to correct us and, and, and love us and care for us. And bring us to that new maturity. If circumstances are hard and life is difficult, God can still use that. He redeems those moments. He redeems those situations. He redeems those hard times for his glory to produce maturity in us. And if everything around us goes astray, if everything around us is, is difficult, if, if he has led us into a difficult season, a wilderness season, even in those moments, even in those times, still God's desire is to grow us, to develop us, to produce new maturity, new spiritual depth inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. The truth is this, I don't know where you find yourselves. In a room like this with students and people in all kinds of walks of lives, I'm not sure what that looks like, but in this Lent series, maybe you've decided to, to, to move forward and move closer to God. Maybe you've decided today or, or on Ash Wednesday when we started last week, maybe you decided, hey, for this season, I wanna give up some things. I wanna give up some comforts. I wanna give up certain things, not as, a, as a, to put myself in a wilderness, but to remind myself that, that God went through some things and God, Jesus experienced a wilderness time. He experienced a wilderness season. And through the difficulty and through the struggle and all the things that he went through, we can get closer to him. And so during Lent, we give up certain comforts. We give up certain uh, things that we like. And, and so maybe you've given up coffee and, and that's your way of saying, man, for this season, I wanna give up the comfort of coffee, of caffeine. And that's a, a wilderness you've put yourself in. 
Maybe if that's your spouse, that's the wilderness that puts you in <laughs> because they're a little grumpier without the coffee, without the caffeine. I don't know, but, but the idea is this. If you put yourself through this season willingly and say, I want to give up certain things. I want to let go of certain comforts. You can allow yourself as you move forward to get closer to God because of that. So if it's a wilderness that you made on your own, out of disobedience, out of the circumstances of life, or out of obedience to God's word, whatever it is, God desires to grow you through that. The wisdom that comes to those times brings us closer to him. In, in James chapter one, verse five, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives gener generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to them. If any of you needs wisdom or needs to understand why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? Why am I in this difficult season, in this difficult time? If you don't know what the lesson is, if you don't know what to learn, if you're not sure where, where, why God has you there, you can turn to him. You can ask him these things. This is God who desires to give generously, who desires to give generous gifts, will lead you, will give you those things. He'll give you those answers. So if you're in a wilderness season today, then would you look to God and say, God, give me the wisdom that I need for this situation. Help me and lead me out of this situation. Not just so that the discomfort goes away, not just so that everything is, is all great again, but so that I can learn what you have for me in this season. Maybe we don't know what God's trying to teach us. Maybe we're not sure what the lesson is. We don't know where to start. We don't know what to do. We can look to him and say, God, teach me, show me, give me that wisdom. Help me to grow deeper in my walk and my relationship with you. And the beautiful thing about God is that he hears our prayers, he answers our prayers, and he will grow in us. He will develop us, and he will take us to new levels of spiritual maturity. During this season, as we get ready to celebrate Easter, as we look towards that and look to all the good, we also think back of Jesus' life and the trials and the difficulties and the wilderness that he went through. And by saying no to certain comforts, saying no to certain things, by fasting from stuff, we allowed our minds and our hearts to say, God, for this season, I want to live like you lived. I want to be reminded of the struggle that you went to. And not just for the sake of doing it, for the sake of believing that on the other side we grow and we're deepened and maturity takes place. When we don't know why God has taken us through it, we pause and we pray. We say, God, give me the wisdom during this wilderness that I may grow, I'll be closer to you, and on the other side of things, I may look more like you. Now, I understand that it's easy to just kind of say these vague statements of whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, but but God knows. Jesus has experienced things on earth. The Holy Spirit living inside of you understands the things that you go through. So whether it's big or small or you're a student or, or you're, you're later on in life, whatever stage of life you're at, God understands and God's desire is to bring you to a place of releasing the comforts so that you have no other choice but to look to him and rely on him for all that you need. We believe God's word that he will come he will help us, and he'll mature us through the difficult times, through the wilderness. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much, Father, for the truths of your word, the scriptures, for the people in this room, for the people around us. And Father God, as we think of our lives and we think of everything that we experience and go through, I pray, Father God, that you would put in our heart or something that we struggle through or something that we are having difficulty with. If it's a wilderness season, Father God, I pray that you would come and you would teach us what it is that you have for us. That you would show us the way out, that you would show us the lesson, that you would give us the wisdom that we need to grow spiritually through this time of testing. So Father, whatever that is, big or small, would you show us the way? Would you develop us? Would you grow in us? Would you challenge us, Father God? So that every moment that we live, every season of life would not be wasted, but Father, truly we would be able to turn to you and grow from our walk with you. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for these things. We pray all this in your holy name. In the name of Jesus.